Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. Morning, everyone. Everybody doing okay? Doing good? All right. Well, you know me. My name is Ryan. I have been attending, my wife and I have been attending Thrive for about eight years and we love it here. Lots of reasons we love it here. We love it here because first we get to worship the Lord. We get to get sound doctrine. And we get to really get involved with the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we also get to serve at Rangrove and be part of the community and part of the, the world that, that the Lord wants to love. And so I love that it just feels like a really a well-balanced church. Um, and here at this church, we formed really precious relationships over those eight years. Many people that we know one-on-one, I've had time with you individually. Becky has had time with you individually. And we are maturing and strengthened because of the relationships that we have here. I'll say that again. We are maturing and strengthened because of the one-on-one relationships we have here. I also wanted to share a little bit about my upbringing so you know a little bit more of who I am. So I am the oldest of four brothers, which means I am right 110% of the time. I'm very willing to try to control things in my life. I'm sharing some of my weaknesses here. Um, You know, and there's a, I've got kind of a sensitive ego, which actually means that I'm secretly a little bit insecure. So don't tell anybody. Uh, I had a father and still do. He's, he's alive and well. My mom and dad are together. Uh, yes, he, he was, of course, not, not a perfect man, um, but he was an honorable man. My father was and is faithful, faithful to my mother, 54 years of marriage. He's a faithful Christian in prayer and study of the word. I was out in New Jersey uh, celebrating my uncle's 80th birthday, and I actually shared a hotel room with my parents, a little bit of a surprise, but, oh, I guess we're going to stay together. <laughs> um, saving money, saving money. Um, so I got the queen on the, on the other side and, you know, as I went to bed, I was kind of laying there reading and I saw my father was on a chair on it, like on his knees like this on a chair praying. And, and I, I was reading for about a half hour and he was there probably about 45 minutes. My father was praying on his knees. When I got up, I probably fell asleep, got up in the middle of the night. I came back from the restroom and I actually tripped over him praying again. I mean, this brought tears to my eyes. So I am, I am uh, very, very privileged to come from a, a, a family and a, and a man of faithfulness. And my mother, too. My mother is also a wonderful, amazing, faithful woman, just like my father. And so I better be faithful if without those people. <laughs> so, you know, growing up in my home, you know, again, four sons, my, people would say to my mother, I'm so sorry. But um, growing up, we had a, we, my dad had a rule uh, about coming to church. And so he would allow, even as we became teenagers and even in our college years, he would allow three excuses for missing church. Three. The first one was poisonous snake bite. So if, if you were, if you found yourself with the fangs of a, of a venomous snake in your leg or wherever, you were allowed to miss church that Sunday. The second was a shipwreck. So if you were, found yourself on the open seas, having your, your vessel dashed on the rocks or, or looted by pirates, you could miss church that Sunday. And then the last one, if you were dead. 
um, if you found yourself succumb and you found yourself in having praising God in person, you could, you could miss church that Sunday. But if you were raised from the dead, you better be back there that next Sunday. So, um, you know, it was a funny way. And my dad, uh, it was really a funny way of him saying that faithfulness specifically regarding attending church or, or the different things that he would commit to, it was just really important to him. And he passed it on to my brothers and I. He passed it on to, I passed it on to my kids. So my kids are like, yep, we know, Dad. It's very important to be faithful. Um, because my dad's philosophy was, God is faithful to me. I can be faithful to him and his people. So earlier I spoke about the pirates sinking my ship, and I was never allowed to miss church unless there were pirates. But what do pirates really, really want? What do they want? Gold and jewels. Gold and jewels, right? So I want to tell you about the most valuable jewel and really the most valuable substance per gram in the world. And it is called the blue diamond. And I think we have a picture of it. The blue diamond. So blue diamond is... It's actually $3.93 million per carat. And a carat is 200 grams. Okay, one gram, that's a raisin. So let's point two raisins is $3.93 million. And you can find these diamonds, although they are extremely rare, in, in, in uh, mines in India, South Africa, and Australia. They're just like regular diamonds, but they have this really pretty blue color because of little bits of boron, little boron atoms amongst the other uh, elements. And if you shine a light on it, it, it really, as you see, it kind of comes back blue. Now, this diamond here, this is the largest blue diamond in the world and the most valuable. This is actually a famous diamond called the Hope Diamond. The Hope Diamond, it's 45 point. Five two carats. I know that decimal point was important to you. Did I get to that? Forty five about forty five carats. About nine grams. Two hundred fifty million dollars in value. It's got had a lot of owners. They actually in the nineteen twenties they were going a little bit crazy. The lady that owned it had a Great Dane, and she would put the diamond around the Great Dane's neck, and the Great Dane would come around with the diamond. You know. Um, now it's actually under heavy guard in the Smithsonian uh, in Washington D.C. Um, and, you know, the one thing about diamonds, not only are they, you know, very valuable and va- very rare, but they're also extremely hard. Did you know that diamonds are 58 times harder than the next hardest substance? 58 times harder than the next hardest substance. They are used for cutting and drilling, file coatings and usage in optical laser equipment. Very, very unique Valuable, rare, and hard. Now, they're actually all made of one simple thing that actually is an abundance in this room. It's carbon. It's carbon. And so carbon, um, you know, when they come out, carbon atoms come close together. They're very close together under heat and pressure in the, in the, in the mines in the center of the earth or the parts of the earth. That pressure and that heat brings these atoms together, and that forms the diamond. That forms the carbon diamond that we see unbreakable bond. So again, they are valuable, they are rare, and they are hard. 
And this is similar. I wanted to share with you. This is similar to a character attribute that I talked to you about with my dad. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. So, um, question is, 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 is faithfulness, how is faithfulness like the diamond? How is faithfulness rare, valuable, and hard? Well, I want to read about, first of all, it being rare in, in the Bible about faithfulness. Here's what it says in Psalm 12, 1. And this is David crying out. He says, help Lord. There is no one faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Then his son Solomon said in Proverbs 26, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. And then lastly, Paul writes about Timothy. He says, I hope to send, this is in Philippians 2, 19. I hope to send, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy. Here's what he says. I have no one like Timothy who shows genuine concern for your welfare because everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. So it's, would you agree with me? Faithfulness is rare in the human race. David said so. Solomon said so. Paul said so. Faithfulness is rare. It is rare. But is it valuable? Is faithfulness valuable? I mean, think of some things. I think of a dog, old faithful. There he is. He's pretty boring, but he'll always be there for you. Is it actually valuable or is it just kind of unspontaneous and uncreative? Is faithful valuable? Being faithful valuable? Well, if, if you try to describe what God is like, it's actually pretty hard to do because he's incredibly complex and he's vast. But the writers of the, of the Bible would consistently describe God in this way. He would say the Lord God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, overflowing with loyal love and faithfulness. Faithfulness. That's from Exodus 34. This characteristic of God, this final one that's described faithfulness, it's from the Hebrew word emet, E-M-E-T, emet. And it just means faithful and trustworthy, steady and true. Faithful, faithful, trustworthy, reliable, steady and true. You know the Elvis song, don't be cruel to a heart that's true, to a heart that's faithful to a heart that's steady, reliable, to a heart that is emet, faithful. So actually that, that word emet actually is a, a word that we, you've actually heard in this room. It's, it's from this word, word you've heard in this room many times. It actually is very close to the word amen. Amen. That means that's true. That's trustworthy. That's emet. True that. That's emet. And so in the word Amet in the Bible, it's actually used first to describe when Moses was, was in the battle. You remember how he had his hands up and his, his, his hands would kind of get tired. They would lose their, their steadiness. So his friends would come behind him on both sides and they would hold his hands Amet. And not only that, um, when, when, the, when Moses was choosing leaders in the church and in the big Diaspora, and when they left the um, of Egypt, he would he said, "You need to choose 
men of emet, men who are trustworthy, men who aren't going to take bribes and distort justice. So emet was very important, and it was a, a description of God. God is himself full of emet. He is full of emet. He is reliable. He is, can aw be trusted to maintain his character. He is consistent. He, the, David called him, the Lord is my rock. And that's, you know, that, that, that stone me, that's actually a rock. The Lord is my rock. And even uh, David said later, he is the rock of our salvation. The Lord is emet. Jesus himself, they call Jesus. He is the faithful witness in Revelation 1.5. In Matthew 21.42, he is the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. That's the stone they would put first, and all the other stones would be referenced to that stone because that stone was emet. It was steady. It was solid. It was there. You could trust it. That's Jesus. And we know that just like the Father and the Son, the Spirit is emet, overflowing with emet, faithful. You can always rely on the Spirit. So we know that the Lord God is emet. It must be wonderfully valuable because he is emet. But is it valuable in our lives? Is it valuable in your life and mine? Well, I'm going to tell you three areas and in, in, in that I've observed in my life about emet. The first is relationships. So in relationships, I believe, and I'm sure you do as well, that the best relationships in our lives are full of emet. Best example that I can give is the first year of marriage to Becky, my, my, my wife, was wonderful in, in discovering each other and discovering what it was like, but it doesn't hold a candle to our 26th year of the depths of intimacy and love and trust we feel, the level of emet we feel. Our relationship now is rich with emet. So relationships, the best relationships are filled with emet. In, the, in careers. So I am a vice president of a global multi-billion dollar company all over the world. And I've had a lot of chance to do mentoring with careers. And I've been there for about 23 years. And what I found is the best people, the people that are most valuable to the company are faithful. They're trustworthy. They're reliable. And so the best careers are built on emet. But what about, what about our heavenly reward? What about, you know, this, this life is, as Molly said, it's, it's passing away. It's, it's, it's just a temporary thing. What about the eternal life? Is a meth valuable there? Well, did you know that when the Lord is going to give us a reward in heaven someday, it's going to be based on the amount of a meth in our life? He says in Jesus' parable, Matthew 25, 21, the master of the house returns to those who have been faithful and says to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The greatest reward comes to those who carry into heaven. Emet. I have been faithful to you, Lord. He wants to reward us. It's not the key to get in. That's Jesus. Jesus is, the, the, is, our, is our gateway, our ticket to heaven. But our reward is on our emet. He is testing us. He is looking for people of emet. 
So we see that relationships are enriched with emet. Careers are built on emet. And our heavenly reward is contingent upon emet. Faithfulness. But Ryan, if it's so valuable, emet is so valuable and so and so rare, why, why, is it, what, why is it so rare? It's so valuable and so great in these careers and relationships. Why is it so rare? Why is, as David said, it's uncommon. Solomon said, it's who can find it? Why is it so rare? Well, just like the diamond, if you remember, what's 58 times because faithfulness is hard. Faithfulness is difficult. It's not easy. It's challenging. It's hard to be faithful. It's hard to be reliable. It's difficult to show up every time. It's difficult to resist temptation. My flesh would rather sleep in than come to church on Sunday morning. My, but rather times I'd watch TV than come to a small group, than to call that friend back, than to be there when they, when they need me. Faithfulness to, to each other and to the Lord is hard. Emet is rare because emet is hard. And yet, I want to overflow with the riches of the wisdom of God. I want emet in my life. I want to receive the blessing of, in this light that the Lord wants to give me and definitely the blessing of the next. And I want to hear the Lord say to me, Ryan, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want Hemon's treasures. So the question is, how do I get a mat in my life if it is so hard? Well, did you know that a mat is a fruit of the Spirit? It says in Galatians 5.2, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that is by the Spirit of God. And it says earlier in chapter 5, but walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. To grow in the fruit of the Spirit, to grow in emet, I need the Spirit of God in my life. This means being led by the Spirit. This means communing with the Spirit. This means being silent before God and letting the Spirit speak to me and and fill me from the inside out every day, every hour, every minute. Asking him as I walk with him, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your emet. You are my rock. I want to be a faithful man. I want to be faithful before you. I want to have emet in my life. Make me a man of emet. And not, not only that, what is more, when we surround ourselves with people of emet, people of faithfulness, it tends to Come to us too, doesn't it? It says in Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Have I surrounded myself with fools? People who do not seek emet in their lives. Or do I recognize people of emet and pursue them to be mentored by them, to grow with them, to gather with them? 
I'm going to tell about some people in this room that are full of emet. Alex, my friend, is full of emet. He is a faithful man. He is there every time. I can always count on Alex in my life. He has, he is, I'm getting some emet from Alex. Dan, you and Kim, you are faithful people. You are people of emet. Thank you. Molly and Kevin, you are people of emet in my life. Thank you. I'll say, Liz, I know she's not here today, but Lisa Brown in our, our small group, she is there. She is there. She is a woman of emet. So how about you? Do you consider yourself a man or a woman of emet, of faithfulness before God? Are you faithful to your commitments? Are you true to your word? Are you dependable, reliable? Are you trustworthy? Do you wish to grow in this area of your life like I do? Do you want the reward in relationships and careers in heaven that comes from Emmet? This is something that I'm growing in. Sometimes I can commit to too much and then Emmet is impossible. Or I can run away and hide over here and commit to nothing and Emmet is impossible. The place is to no, I'm going to commit to this because it's enough and I'm going to be faithful to what I commit to. That is so important. Becky wanted me to repeat that one, by the way. <laughs> I want you to not miss out on the rewards of Emmet in your life. I want you to be known for Emmet, a man of, there goes a man of Emmet. There goes a faithful man. There goes a faithful woman of God. I want to be close to her because I know I will get a met from her. I want to challenge you to walk by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to be filled by the Spirit, overflowing with His faithfulness. And I want to challenge you to learn to be silent before Him, to be quiet before the Lord. A few weeks ago, my bride talked about how we interact with God. We can talk at God. We can talk to God. We can listen to God. And then the ultimate is we can just be with God, silent before him, with our soul's attention fixed on him, listening quietly. That's the best way to receive him and his emet for me, for you. It says in Isaiah 30, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in silence and trust is your strength. I want to see my life, my family, my sons and daughters, the people of this church filled with emet, overflowing with faithfulness, blue diamonds walking around, valuable to the Lord, useful to the Lord even though rare, but able to do hard things because of God's strength in us. Let's have some time of ministry. I don't know if there's some time to want to read something and, and um, just kind of encourage you kind of what happens as we become people of Emmet. What, what, what do we get to do? What does, remember, he said that the Lord said, 
You have been faithful in little things. I will put you in charge of big things. And the Lord has a promise to us. He says in Isaiah 61.3, when we grow in, in becoming trustworthy, when we grow in this, he says in 61.3, they will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. For the display of his splendor. Beautiful blue colors for the display of his splendor. And then he will actually have us do things. Here's what he gets us. We get to do then. We will rebuild the ancient ruins. Restore the places long devastated. And these is in wounds and hearts of people that we love and know. We will help be rebuilders of lives. We will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers and will shepherd your flocks and foreigners. Flocks and foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealths of nations. And their riches will be yours. Instead of shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of grace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land. Everlasting joy will be yours. So let's let's take some time just to pray and receive this word. If you felt stirred in your heart, yes, yes. Like I have, when I was studying this, I was telling my wife, I, this must be good because I'm crying a lot as I'm preparing this one. <laughs> must be convicting to me. But if you've been touched by this, this word this morning, I want to pray for you. And I just want to ask that the Lord would hear your cry. Yes, Lord, I want to be filled with you. I want to be, walk in your presence. I want to be silent before you. I want to be like you in your faithfulness. I want to be faithful to my wife. I want to be faithful with my thoughts. I want to be faithful to my husband. I want to be faithful to my friends, to my family. I want to be faithful to you, Lord. I want to be entrusted and be called trustworthy, Lord, that I can do these great things that you said I can do. So, Lord, we come before you, Jesus. You are the faithful witness for us, Lord, our advocate. You speak to the Father about us, Lord. So would you say, Lord, that we will tell the Father, Jesus, that we want to be people of Emmet. We want to be oaks of righteousness. We want to walk with you and know you. And so, Lord, would you fill me, would you fill all here that are open to receive your emet in their lives, your faithfulness in their lives, Lord. Would you pour down, Lord, like water into our hearts that we can receive you and walk in your spirit, miraculously in your spirit, and be useful to you, Lord. In Jesus' name.